Good evening, church. Yeah, it's good. It's good to. It's good to be back after the first round this morning. <laughs> it's wonderful, and so good to see that uh, uh, in an evening like this, many of you are able to come and to worship together. Beautiful time of worship, and beautiful to be in His presence. I really thank God. F- uh, for all his goodness and thank God for uh, Gideon and Catherine and the board that's uh, willing to trust uh, us uh, into this ministry and also thank God for his calling and his purpose for us here in this coming season. So we are coming out of a conviction with calling and we thank God for the church leadership that heard uh, hear from God and they are also embracing that calling. We thank God for that and now I'll pass the time to my wife to say a few words. Yes. Hi. <laughs> Um, we are so thankful, I mean, the way we're being loved ever since we landed here. Thank you so much, Catherine and Gideon and a lot of of you that I can't mention every names. We felt so loved and it has no doubt a big step for us. But we, you know, we can see, we, I mean, in our spirit, we know that the Lord is doing something great. And we are just beyond beyond thankful and for look at myself ever since we got married 32 years ago our life had been very busy and I think one thing that stood out is like quite messy but one thing that we have been intentional is like what Pastor Gideon says that we're living our aligning ourselves with the perfect plan line divine plan line that's the thing that we we have although we've been busy and messy. But that's one thing that stood out that we never forget about that, that we align our life to that perfect divine palm line. And ever since that, I mean, for the past 32 years, we have two grown-up girls. They are both married and in Christchurch. It's amazing. So we've seen a lot of miracles in our life, so many miracles. Just for tonight, I'll just share two that my both daughters have gone had got a scholarship in uh, Canterbury, University of Canterbury, which is which is amazing. It's quite unbelievable, you know. Like their international school fees actually is a quick equivalent to maybe double of what Luke would earn for a year, and God provided both uh, studied here and graduated in University of Canterbury. That was amazing. So. Although we were like living a life of very messy, like uh, not not too messy, like busy, 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 you know, school, church, school, church. But the Lord has caused all things to fall into place so beautifully. And today we are here, I would say it's a big, big, big miracles. And we're just so conscious that who is, I mean, the Lord, the spirit that is in us. The Lord has set a seal and has deposit the Holy Spirit in us and we're just so conscious that we are here to love and to serve and let the Holy Spirit move through us to accomplish what he wants in this place. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Right. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Wonderful. God is good. Amen. God is good. Yeah, he's good all the time. Yeah, I, even even if it's uh, stormy outside, even even uh, sometimes life can look a bit messy, but he is there in the midst of mess, and he's the, there in the midst of our calm. He's 
there when we are rejoicing. He's there when we have miracles. And when we face grief, he's also there. He's there all the moments of our life. And we thank God for his goodness, his faithfulness, and most of all, his presence in our life. He's an unchanging God. I could, I could talk about Jesus all the time. and never get tired of it. He's so wonderful. He's so good. Yeah. So we thank God for, for this opportunity that we have, that we can come and serve him together with the rest of the team in Christ Church, especially with Harmony. Praise God. So this morning I was sharing about a heart for the house. And God put three different areas in my heart to share. The first one was a heart for his presence in his house, the sanctuary where we worship him. The second one was about a heart for, for giving and uh, the, the principle of uh, sowing and reaping. Like David sowed and the next generation, Solomon, reaped very abundantly. And the third principle was a house where we are all living stones, and God is building this house. We come in many sizes and colors and shapes, but God is building this house, and he is the, the builder. He's the architect. He's the engineer. He's fitting us into various areas in this, this place of san this sanctuary, and he has a purpose, a unique purpose for this house, and may we together answer the call for this city and based on the vision that God has given this house. So pray Praise the Lord. So this evening's message is also about a house, but it's about a house for the nations. God wants the nations in this house. So I'll start with Isaiah 56, verse 6 to 7, where the prophet Isaiah, about 600 years before Christ came, spoke this verse. My house shall be a house of prayer for all nations, and foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be servants. This I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my prayer, in my house of prayer. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Hallelujah. So this is the mission statement from the Lord himself, whose purpose this house, who has purposed his house for all the nations. This is the mission statement that the Lord gave through the prophet Isaiah. And this is the reason for his incarnation, coming to save the nations, to bring the nations into his house. In Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The Son of Man has come for this purpose, to seek and to save that which was lost. The nations are lost. All we like sheep have gone astray. But the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the nations. And he wants to bring us into his house, that his house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. So when we begin to come together, he wants us to come together with a heart for all the nations. When God brings different nations into the house, he wants them to come, that they will bind themselves to the Lord in this house. They will minister to him in love and worship, and they will love his name. That they will be his servants in this house. And in Richard, 
nation, they are going to pray for the nations. And I believe that in the days to come, as he calls the nation into the church, New Zealand will become a missionary country again. It's going to send out missionaries because God is bringing them into this land so that the calling that is upon this nation will be fulfilled in this coming generation. God's calling is irrevocable. Even when Israel flopped and Israel changed directions, but God began to raise up another generation among the Israelites who will fulfill his purpose. One generation to another. So he has called us. He has called this nation. And he's going to make this a missionary nation again. The nation is going to send out people. Now he's calling people from other nations to come in. He's bringing them into this house so that they will be bind themselves to the Lord, to minister to him, to love his name, to be servants and stir the calling that has been dormant for some time. And he's going to send people out from Christchurch and from this land again to the nations. You will become a missionary country again because this is the calling that God has placed upon this land. Hallelujah. So I'd like to bring us to some parables in the Bible. There are many parables in the Bible. Jesus spoke many truths about the kingdom of God using parable. At times, he will use one parable to teach certain truth. At times, he uses two parables to, uh, to teach certain truths. But there was one truth that he used three parables to teach in Luke chapter 15. So when we look at Luke chapter 15, Jesus told three parables about a lost ship, a lost coin and two lost uh, and a lost brother. Each story reflects a different perspective of God's love for the lost people. How does our heart reflect the heart of God? A passion for the lost begins with a renewed understanding of His grace, of His mercy, how great His compassion is for us and for all the nations. So in the parable of the lost ship, we know that from verse 3 to 7, Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. He's talking about one lost ship. Then he talks about living about 1999 in the open country and going after that one lost ship until he finds it. And he finds it, when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I found my lost ship. Rejoice with me. Somebody came to the gospel today. Somebody came to Christ today. Rejoice with me. One soul was safe in church today. One soul was safe in, in my life group today. One soul was safe in my youth group today. One soul was, was safe at, at the mall today. Yes. He's looking out for the lost one ship. I remember last week we came for our first staff meeting. My wife and me went to uh, Pack and Safe in Rickerton and there was this total stranger to us and she was her eyes were bawling with tears and the moment she saw my wife's jacket lead equip love just three words she came running to us and she was telling me you must be a minister she was telling my wife and she was just crying and she says i want to go to church it's so amazing it was our first day reporting to church in harmony and we see somebody come running to us in the car park saying that i want to go to church isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Isn't that the work of God? Hallelujah. No man comes to me unless the Father draws him to, 
Jesus says. And here is somebody coming crying, saying, I want to go to church. Does your church do deliverance? Yes. Hallelujah. We told her, you're coming to the right place. Wonderful. God is already opening doors. God is already bringing souls into his kingdom. When one souls come, there's much rejoicing. And he says here that I tell you that in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. The next story, the parable of the coin. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. In verse 10, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And the parable of the lost son. Luke 15, verse 32, one of the brothers were lost, the younger one. But the father, at the end of the story, says that we had to celebrate and be glad. We need to rejoice. We need to celebrate for that one soul that has been saved. That one soul that returns to Christ. That one soul that comes back to the Father's house. And this is the Father's house in this part of the city. God wants that one soul. Will we reach out to that one soul, that one person, that one person that, that needs encouragement, that one person that needs to come back to the Lord. He is looking out for you and me the earthen vessel that will carry the grace of God and reach out to this one soul that is outside there. There are many, many outside there. Jesus says the harvest is many, but the workers are few. Open your eyes and look at the harvest. There are many souls outside there that are depressed, that are suicidal, some of them. And some of them, I, 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 you know, the marriage is on the rocks. Some of them going health problems. But each and every one of them need to hear about the grace, the power, and the restoration that Christ can do in their lives. So there is much hope that is hidden in the church that needs to be brought out to the streets. It needs to be brought out to the schools. It needs to be brought out to the colleges and our working places. This hope that we have, this grace that we experience again and again, and we continuously sing to Him and thank God, thank God for His mercies and grace. And we want to sing all the days of our life. But there are many that haven't experienced that even a day without knowing Christ. Yes, He is with them. Yes, He's reaching out to them, but He's waiting who will go? Who will be sent? Will we go? Will we be open? Will we open our ears, give our shoulder, open our eyes and give a helping hand to somebody somewhere that will begin to turn to Christ because you were there when they needed Christ. You were there when they needed Christ to hear their hearts. You were there. And Jesus, Jesus speaking through you and me to them. So God is looking for such a person in this time and season. So in the sixth chapter of John, we see Jesus coming to seek and to save the lost. And this is a similar story from Matthew 14 about uh, he seeing the multitude and he had compassion on them. Jesus saw the multitude and he had compassion on them. How do we feel when we look at the multitude? What is on our mind when we look at the multitude? Many years ago, when I came to Christ, that was way back in 1983. After I came to know the Lord, and uh, I was uh, growing quietly as a Christian. I didn't make much noise. But one day, the Lord gave me this vision in the Spirit. I saw many well-dressed people on the edge of a cliff. And it was like an escalator. The whole cliff 
was just just the, the whole layer, the top layer of the cliff. It was just sliding and moving, and towards the edge of the cliff was a pit of fire. And and that time I just had a fresh experience, encounter with the love the grace, the mercies of God. And that day I knew I was born again. And when I saw this vision, there was a cry deep in my soul to all these people. I wish and I prayed that they will hear the name of Jesus, that they will turn to Jesus. Yes, Jesus is just at, 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 at the, he's present. He's just there. We just need to reach out to him and he's going to save us. The multitudes do not know that they are actually going to a Christless eternity. They need to hear the name of Jesus. And there was a cry in my soul for this multitude. They were just going down this cliff. And God gave me the vision, that picture, that how the name of Jesus need to be shouted out aloud to the whole world, to the nations, to the people. Jesus need to be proclaimed. The gospel need to be preached. So we see Jesus here at the sixth chapter of John. He, he did a creative miracle with the five loaves and two fishes. After the miracles of five loaves and two fishes, that the takeaway from the miracle was at the bottom of, of the verses that he was talking about. In verse 29, after doing all the miracles... And people were, uh, the people were excited and they were coming to him again and again. And he says this, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. All these miracles were a means to salvation. He says that the work of God is to believe. And then he says that in verse 33, for the bread of God is the heaven, uh, is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. The, the, the people there were talking to Jesus about the bread that they received during the time of Moses. But he was talking about the bread that the Father gives. And he says that the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven. So in verse 34, they said, Sir, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So in verse 29, he says to believe in the one he has sent. The, the work of God is to believe. And in verse 35, he says, whoever comes to me and whoever believes in me. In verse 47, he says, verily, truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. He's always talking about belief. Belief. Do not fear. A belief. He's talking about, he's giving an evangelistic call. He's giving a salvation call. And all that he's talking to them is about belief in the one that is speaking to them. Belief in the one that has been sent to them. He's talking continuously about belief in him. It is not about any religious ceremony, about any religion. But belief in the one sent by God the Father. Belief in the one that is doing the miracles. Belief in the one that is able to give them peace. It's all to do with belief. And Jesus is constantly giving in a salvation call, a call for faith, a call on them to believe. And this is what God wants us to do, to bring the nations to believe him. Jesus was always willing to save and heal when someone called on him. Lepers, harlots, traitors, tax collectors, criminals, social outcasts, 
economically deprived people, Jews, Gentiles, different nations, wealthy gyrus, or the blind beggars. He treated them the same. He was no respecter of people. All he did was to open the door of heaven to them. And he tells them, believe, you will be safe. You and your household will be safe. Jesus was always willing to save and heal. There's no time or season. It was anytime, anywhere. They need to just respond to the call of God to be saved. So why believe in Jesus? When I first began to read the Bible way back in 1983, I was prior to coming to Christ, I was reading books of other religion. I was trying to read up more on Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, and uh, other, other books that were available. And as, as I began to read these books, uh, I didn't find any answer. But when somebody gave me a Bible and I was beginning to read the Gospels, the, the Scriptures begin to leap out. And I was asking for miracles to happen in my life. And Jesus did just that. And I came to know Him as Lord and Savior. And I began to experience the very thing that Jesus talked about in the Bible. And I knew and I knew in my spirit that Jesus is true as he has said, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. I knew and I knew that John 3.16 is for real. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The word for the evening is belief. One soul to believe in Christ. One soul to believe in Christ will make the breaking news in heaven. Heaven will rejoice. The angels will rejoice. If this week we can go out and get one soul to believe, heavens will rejoice. It's a breaking news in the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. So each and every one of us, we have an opportunity. God is constantly bringing people, passing through our lives. Somebody somewhere is having an empty life. Somebody somewhere has a certain need. And we pray God will help us to discern. We pray God will give us the right word in season to bridge the communication so that we can talk Jesus. And that one person will turn to Jesus and there will be breaking news in heaven for that day. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So in Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Somebody was just telling me just about a week ago, all religions teach good, good things. I agreed with him. It's nothing to disagree about that. But I told him later on, he was going on and on, so I let him finish his conversation. And after that, I told him, yes, but there's one thing different in the Gospels, in the Bible, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for all our sins. We can believe in him and all our sins can be forgiven. The past, the present, the future, all, and he was silent. There's nothing to argue. Yes, every religion to, to teach good, we can agree on that. But there's one thing that is not found in any other religion. That the Son of God comes, He dies on the cross, takes all our sins one and for all. And that is the beautiful message. He heard that message and He got no response to that. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
There is no other name under heaven. And I pray that will come as a revelation. No other name under heaven by which men must be saved. The scripture says, must be saved. It's not an option. Must be saved. The souls that we see walking up and down in the streets must be saved. The young people running around, you know, with all the things that are, are just twirling them around in the world. They must be saved. They need Jesus. The sooner they meet Jesus, the greater their lives will be. The devil comes to still kill and destroy their life. But Jesus can give them the abundant life. Jesus can rescue them from all the mess there is in this world. We cannot change the world politically. Jesus came at that time when the Jews, Peter, and all the others were hoping for political change, change of empire, change of ruler. But that was not a solution. We can have a voice. We need to have a voice. We need to speak out the truth. We need to make our stand. But we cannot change the nations without Jesus Christ. And he's the only answer. This gospel needs to be proclaimed to all that are outside there. So in, in John 1.12, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name. That's the key word for this evening. Believe in his name. We look for one soul that is out there to believe in his name this coming week, this coming days, this coming month. Let's pray through this. Lord, give me one soul for your kingdom this coming week, this coming month. This house is a house of prayer for all nations because this house is built by Jesus and the gates of hell shall not prevail. He has compassion for the lost. He is calling the foreigners into the house to be one with him, to love his name, to minister to him, to be his servant, and to become a sending church at the end of the day, sending to the nations to reach out to more to come into his kingdom. So this is the God that we worship. He's building this house for all the nations. Let us continue to open our eyes and see what the Lord has for us in the harvest field, outside in the city, in the colleges, in the schools, and in the many places that we are. God may bring another person, maybe not in the car park. It could be in the mall. It could be Somewhere, as you travel in the airport, he will just turn to you or she might just turn to you for a conversation. And there will be some way and somehow we can talk about Jesus. And we are sowing the seed and somebody might reap. We might reap somebody else's seed that has been sown, but we may be sowing seeds that somebody else will one day bring that person into the kingdom of God. There's much more and there's many more souls to come to this house to worship, to minister, to love, and to serve him. And this is the purpose and will of God to reach out. Hallelujah. Amen.